This is The Verse, a weekly dive into the cinematic universes and beyond. We'll dissect the latest episodes, films, and news all fans from veterans to news are dying to know more about. Now, here's our team of pop culture superheroes we call The Verse Squad. Welcome to The Verse. Welcome back to The Verse, the podcast that always has more than 12 people on the floor. For this episode, we are covering episodes 7, 8, 9, and 10 of Andor. But before we do, let's meet the team. I'm Norm. I'm Bridget. I'm Lucas. And I'm Emilia. And we are skipping the verse news, where we usually bring you the latest in TV, film, pop culture, and superhero news from across the cinematic universes and beyond. So instead, let's talk about uh, the series that was from far too long ago and from a galaxy far, far away. Andor. So that's quite a lot of lead up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like we're actually skipping a few Andor episodes. Did we not get through? Did we get through six last time? Yeah, I believe we did. Yeah. We did. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. good. All right. Yeah. I, I won't feel as bad. Um, I mean,. I, I I mean like it did get a little you know a little a little slow in mid season but how uh, dare you? <laughs> well, <laughs> we we had noticed um, the Popular first six episodes movie. were split into two two buckets of like an arc, uh, like uh, three, first three, three episodes episode and then the next three episodes and then this arc was more like four episodes long so we're 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 gonna we're doing these these by the arc. <laughs> yes, that's a good way to put it. We're Raiders of the Arcs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I have to say that uh, I was extremely excited to talk about this even before the latest episode, which is One Way Out. And after that episode, I was like, oh my God, I just can't wait to talk with the crew about this uh, series. Partly because I feel like I'm the biggest fan of it out of all of us. Maybe Norm, you're with me, right? Right? I have a funny feeling Emily might be with you. I'm hoping. I just feel like it's the, sh- the show that I wanted is is what's happening, um, and I'm just. I feel like a lot of the rest of us on the squad we're kind of not feeling it. Uh, so I'm hoping that, uh, that I think Bridget's offended. This episode arc, people are on board. Now. But why well, don't we get into what happened? Well, well, well. On this arc, I just would like to say that Andy Circus just yeah. popped up into the Star Wars universe out of nowhere. Yeah, they bring in a ringer for sure. Snoke, out of nowhere. I mean, oh, oops. he was Snoke. He was the voice of Snoke. He was the voice of Snoke. You are not wrong. Uh, oh, Emilia doesn't know what. You're sorry, spoiler alert, Emilia. It's not like it's on IMDb <laughs> and everywhere else. Well, he's not. He's not the character. He's just the voice. So well, he's just the voice. Character in this, just not. Translated. You know, I don't even know who this character is. I'm sure it's Yeah, fine. don't worry about it. There, don't worry about there's it. There's <laughs> a good chance that if you see a CGI character in anything, that Andy Circus might be uh, playing him. There's a one in five chance that's Andy Circus. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I just realized, too, there's a, a, um, a full circle thing happening because we also get a non CGI circus in Black Panther, the original movie. That's correct. This is like. Two of the oh rare moments. Oh my god! Wait, wait. Andy Serkis is in Star Wars now, Marvel, and Lord of the Rings. All as bad guys. Yes. 
I mean, he in Star Trek. No, well, what? What? Hold on, no, 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 no. Uh, like, you, oh, Lucas, oh, the other guy. I'm talking. Not talking about. Not Andor. Not Andor. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Okay. Now this is my question, though. Did they realize that Andy Serkis was the voice of that said character before? They oh, cast come him on! In this? Everyone has to know this. Disney Disney hired him to be. Snoke. It's not like they're like, oh, I completely forgot we hired him to do. Yeah, but it seems like if he was for a major Star Wars motion picture, it means if he was already a character, why would they have him be another character? I can totally see him showing like up for the audition. They're like, we've seen well, him before. Done, they right? do that in Marvel too, where there have been like minor characters Very that true. get recast oh, as other true. characters. True. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyways, Andy Circus is in the these four. Okay, but we're getting ahead of ourselves <laughs> because we're starting on. Episode seven announcement, uh, and what happens in that one again? God, it's so long ago. Uh, There's an this, announcement. No, this this is this is where Andor, um, right after the heist, and he goes back to um, I can't remember that planet's name now. I will tell you right now. Ferrix. 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 Yeah, Ferrix. <laughs> so he goes back to Ferrix, um, basically uh, with a bunch of money in his pocket, and he wants to grab his friend. His mama. Uh, his adopted his mom, mother. His adopted yeah. mom. He's oh, trying and to, his friend. You're right. He's, yeah, he's trying to grab both of them and get them to, to go with him. Um, and yeah. his little robot. And his depressed robot who, who has yeah. a speech impediment. A impediment. B2... <laughs> Emo. A <laughs> B2 Emo. <laughs> I would not leave that robot behind. Uh, robots adorable. I would feel terrible. It would sit in the back look, of my head the whole time. Norm would. Look. Norm would. <laughs> Norm would just, just Norm throw it in the dumpster. Norm discriminator. No, no, no. I have nothing against droids. <laughs> I think you got something against not, droids. Not against it's droids. Only it's against Dobbies. I do have things against Dobbies. <laughs> it's not that I have a thing against Dobby. I just think he's overrated. But that's a that's a topic for a different time. Sure. Dad's against daughters dating droids. Four Dobbies. You know the T-shirt the D-A-D-D, It's that? like Dads Against Daughters Dating. You've never seen that. I mean, those oh sound God. like horrible people to begin with. <laughs> Maybe it's I, only because know, I have a girl dad, but I, I I'm gonna extend it. So it's instead of D A D D Dads Against Daughters Dating. It's for Norm. It's gonna be Dads Against Daughters Dating Dating Droids, droids and or Dobbies and or Dobbies and or look. I have and or what Dad Dad. God, but I'm... Is to... Oh God. I have a problem not with droids, but with cyborgs, and maybe not maybe not cyborgs as much, but definitely robots. Just robots. Okay, not entirely sure what the distinction is between that, but okay. Hey, from what I remember, the 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 first guy went off at length about there being a distinct difference between a droid, a robot, and like um. Uh, an AI something or other. I just remember him going off on it. So, okay. Okay. we're going to give you the benefit of the doubt and then return to the discussion at hand. Yes. Uh, so yes. Andor. He, so Andor comes back to Felix. No, Ferrix. Ferrix. And um, and he's like, "Hey, everybody! I made a big score. Let's get the heck out of here." And his his mom is like, "Nah, uh. Did you see what they did? They 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 knocked off this um." You know, huge heist at this thing, and now I'm inspired to fight for the rebellion. So it turns out all, you know, his whole plan is like blown up because of what he did, which is hilarious. I kind of love that. Um, so she is not going to leave. But we also get a little flashback into his past, how the name he was using when he was pulling the heist was actually named after the guy that helped found, find him with his mom. 
who ended up getting hanged in the square by the empire. So I, what I yep. like about this is they start showing you this how like evil the empire really is, like on a very like personal level, where you see like you know of course they hate the empire because they're just literally like hanging people in the street just for milling about, right? Um, sure. But so then now, and she was saying, his mom saying how like, oh yeah, I was like always in fear of him, but now I'm I'm willing to walk across this square to you know stand up for my rights. So you know you're starting to see the the inklings of the rebellion spreading. This, the spark cool. that lights the flame. The spark, yes. And that's yeah. Marva. I'm sorry, that his 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 mom's name is Marva. It's, it, it's interesting, not only that because um, obviously the heist stole millions. Yeah. From the Empire. Uh, that was supposed to be for payroll. Payroll uh, for like a week, which you can imagine. Yeah. Buckets for, of money. For, for an entire sector, I think they said. And, yeah. and not not like a galaxy, like a sector. So, like, that's a ton of cash. And, of course, the Empire, how do they want to respond? They want to respond by heavy Tight taxation. Like, going crazy Uber Big Brother, which, you know, to my knowledge, at this point, they were already Big Brother. Yeah. Now it seems like they're going even a step further. No, but it makes sense, right? The idea is like you're going to crack down. You have dissent. You have this. And it's like, oh, we need to sh- sh- teach them a lesson. We need to push down harder, which is a very common tactic from people in power, which is obviously this only happened because we were not you know, brutal enough, right? Uh, which plays into the hands, as we see um, on the rebellion side, we see that that is the intended response they wanted from the empire. Yes. Right. Because that's also how then Andor gets uh, captured. Yes. Well, it's at least how he gets such a long sentence because they, isn't that why they pass the executive order about sentencing? Exactly. And you're right, though, about how he gets captured as well because the idea is they're just rounding up anybody. Like, they're looking for an excuse. Yeah, they're just anybody who's potentially committing a crime or not even or just in the wrong place at the wrong time they need to send a message so you're right actually in a way like his actions which he didn't even mean to do he was just doing it because he kind of was paid to do it as he was saying he was a mercenary end up getting him thrown in jail because of it uh which i didn't even think about until you just put it that way that yeah like the heist causes them to put on these super uh lengthy sentences uh and he was in this instance, completely innocent, but we know that he was also a criminal. <laughs> so, you know. hey, he's just a tourist. Whoa, he, <laughs> just a tourist. He, he did the crime, so it's time to do the time. Yeah, but I love that how the normal normally they would get like a slap on the wrist, and he gets like what six years. They said it was a six month sentence, yeah, like that. and yeah. then the, it, Stall, it's quite a lot. For, well, for, it was just like vandalism. Not, no, I thought not obeying an officer or something, right? I thought it was. Uh, it was three things. I feel like they were all like three BS charges. It though. was. Yeah. It was like vandalism, As- association, resisting. Mm-hmm. Associ- yeah, like association with a, a a known criminal or something like that. And it was. Just and he didn't like, even have any uh, representation, right? There was no like lawyer. Oh, there, there was definitely was... no lawyer there. Yeah. Yeah. No. So you start seeing how the the empire works, and and it's obviously you're like this is not right. <laughs> This is not a very just system, uh, no. which again, like the reason why I like this show is because you get to see the on the ground, right? We talked about street level, like all the stuff I love about uh, Marvel is when they go to the street level, right? And you get, by the way, street Norm, and, yeah, it, well, Norm Bridget, I am rewatching Daredevil now, first season. 
and I'm reminded of what I'm like, this is why I love this show is the same reason I love Andor is, by the way, he does a lot of lawyering on that show, <laughs> actual <laughs> lawyering, which Emily, I've been throwing in your direction that if you ever feel like you want to watch a show that actually does cover lawyering, <laughs> Daredevil does a pretty darn good job of it. But uh, you get we get to see that kind of like the, the street level of what it's like to be in the Empire. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, the one thing. So growing up for the longest time watching Star Wars. You knew the Empire was bad. You knew they were evil. But you knew it on the bigger galactic sense, like, they oh, he wants to planets. control like, everything, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's terrible. He's blowing up planets and stuff like that. But it's like, how is this impacting literally the everyday person? How does this mm-hmm. uh, impact people from Shref to Ferrix to Coruscant? <laughs> to how, what, What's going on here? They just said Shrek. Shref. Come on, Bridget. You know these planets. <laughs> I know. I don't know why. Is there a Shrek planet? I wouldn't. Shrek. Shrek. No, you're right. Shrek is DreamWorks, by the way, which is not owned by Lucasfilms or Disney. So no, No. there's no Shrek planet. So, but, but like you're seeing how people are are actually repressed. At finally, like you're actually seeing the repression, and that to me, like, it's not so much that I didn't know they were bad, but it fills in those details. It puts in the the fine lines. And the the delicate pieces that you then get to, like, when you stand back, it really makes the whole picture pop. I will tell you, these last couple episodes of Andor uh, reminded me a lot of watching The Hunger Games. Mm, That idea of, yeah, like, oppression and, you know, like, how bad these people are controlling everything that you do. Yes. And the rebellion... Basically, that led up to you know the the entire Hunger Games series. It, it was it was very reminiscent of that. But that's the f- that's the first time in Star Wars, like Norm just said, you're filling in those actual holes. It's like, are they really evil? Like, how bad are they? Like <laughs> in Obi Wan, you're really though. seeing Darth Vader just be like a cold blooded murderer. Whereas right. like you kind of saw that, but like kind of didn't always really see that. And now in these last few shows, it's like, oh yeah, they bad. No, you see what – I love you use the Hunger Games because the big thing of the Hunger Games is there was the people in the capital, the one percenters, right? And there was everybody else. So this idea of, um, you know, class war, which is essentially what the rebellion is kind of about in a way. And I love that our our view into that world of the elite, of the, you know, the political elite uh, on Coruscant is through Mon Mothma, who is a a rebel, who's – and, you know, she's trying to – make it work so we get to see like what it's like for her and truly this show does what i never would expect a star wars show to do which is focus on those little details that you normally don't have time for on these big like operatic scale right so it is stuff that i've always been obsessed with since i was a kid about like yeah but what was that like so in a way like i'm super (laughs) glad they're doing this but it also makes sense if anybody's like hey lucas i hate this show because I just want to see lightsabers and I want to see like space opera. I would not hold it against them because that's truly what Star Wars is about before the show. Besides like maybe Rogue One, but even then it was like an epic Let me thing. tell you, let what? me tell you, this, the past couple episodes of Andor, to me, I would, I know we're not getting into the ranking, but just to give everyone an idea mm-hmm. as we dive into them, like they were on par with the last season of Star Wars Clone Wars for me. Like the stakes were high Mm-hmm. You're glued into the television. You are just like 
you can't look away. You can't look mm-hmm. away. You were like, oh my god, oh. what's gonna happen? And also, this show took a way different turn than like what how it started. Where oh, we yeah. ended is not. I didn't even imagine we'd get to this point. So. Well, a lot of the things that I suspected they were going to do, they did do, but I didn't care. Like, I, I, there were things that I was, like, going to critique them about, and now here we are, and I don't really care anymore. Because I did think that Bix would be, kind of be discarded, and I was worried about that. And she comes back in. So, for example, she, you know, tells and, uh, Andor that, like, like, I am not going with you, weirdo. <laughs> like, like, I'm not going to do that. Uh, so he, he goes off and goes on his little vacate, and he gets, um, you know, arrested. Um, but then they and, and let's actually maybe bring it up to with her character there's Narcan of Five is the next episode which where we see where Cassian ends up which is in a penal con- colony which is essentially just well, uh, slave labor it's a, it's, I would say it's a forced labor camp it's a forced labor camp yeah uh, but they, it was so creepy and, and cool about it by the way so has anybody here seen THX 1138 George Lucas's first student film Absolutely so there's not. so many shades of THX 1138, this idea of impersonalization, just like stripping away um, of humanity. Uh, anyway, so like what I love is they're kind of giving a nod to that, but that's what they do. They put them all in these uniforms. They all have to like be essentially machines almost. But what I loved is there's actually a quote. I don't know what, what episode it's from. I should have taken notes, but uh, they're like, we're cheaper than droids. <laughs> like, like oh, you yeah. just got to feed us. Easier and to replace. I, th- I think that to replace. I think that was in episode nine. Nobody's listening. Okay. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but yeah. Cause episode eight was him getting introduced to uh, this factory, mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this forced labor camp. That's a, that's a factory. Um, and his day shift is run by Andy Serkis's character. <laughs> yeah. That's where we first meet circus is in the next episode, Narcan of five. Uh, and honestly, circus is like a really good leader in this, prison camp because he keeps people tight and on on you know on the program literally that's what he keeps saying like stick stay with the program but uh what's interesting is the 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 out of the different work crews on this level like first of all there's no security right they i love how they're just all barefoot and they really play into that in the photography yeah. where they show it they feel so vulnerable when they first throw them in there because they're all barefoot and all the guards are wearing these huge boots you're like what's that about and it's like they turn on this pain thing and you just like because you're barefoot it just your pain shoots up your body and that's how what they do is the the whoever does, has the most amount of labor who does like the best job gets rewarded with like a real meal. You don't just drink straws out of a wall. Uh, and the ones that lose get shocked, which is terrible. Yeah. You know, you're having an off day, right? Just not feeling it that day, and then you have to get like electric, you know, electric shocks. That's awful. Yeah. Very motivational, I suppose. Uh, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. motivational. Is well, is, isn't that like one of the old school uh, uh, risk reward, uh, pain reward versus reward style of Pavlov's uh, something? Or it's whatever. not Pavlovian. That's the shocks different. will continue until morale improves. Is that what it is? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was going to say, I think rates of recidivism would disagree with you, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but it's it, truly kind of a, a, a terrifying look into. Uh, the Star Wars universe, and I, you know, they, they, we talked about this. They kind of teased it in Solo. Remember, there's some this dark side of the ha, dark side. This this darkness that we don't get to see of the everyday person, and uh, and seeing these kind of prison camps that are coming up in in Narcan of Five, which is the, that next episode, really started to be unsettling. Right? You're like, wow, I did not well, expect to see this in the Star Wars universe. Again, it it, it makes it personal. Like it it really brings it down to a personal level because like. 
when I think of Star Wars, the the greater Star Wars universe and most of the the movies, I always think of like, oh, bigger scale, it's the galaxy, blah, blah, blah. And the reason why I care is because I'm one of the idiots that live in the galaxy, to quote um, our friend Star Ward um, from the first Guardians movie. Uh, So you care about that. But here it's like, no, you actually, at least I did, feel for these guys because some of them, like, you know, were there for BS reasons. For sure. And then you find out, like, I think it was in this episode where some of the guys are like, Hey, did you hear about this this thing that happened? Oh yeah, like and he's like, no, I have nothing nothing about it. And they're like, well, all our numbers doubled. Yeah, like a week after, a couple days, a couple cycles. Sorry, cycles. Cycles. Yeah. After it happened, all of our number numbers doubled, and it's yeah. like, wow. Again, so there the is no grandfathering. <laughs> no, but it's also the repercussions of what his actions did. Which what I love is this idea that he didn't really do it for the the cause right he did it because he needed just the money and he was kind of in a corner and like now that you're seeing the repercussions of it which are good and bad right like the Mm -hmm. you know there's hope that has been springing up but it also really screwed people over um but again in this episode though to jump from um you know the yeah there's a prison camp but then we also have luthan uh we we start seeing more about how you know how kind of wheeling and dealing he is uh as the kind of the what would you call it like the motivation for all of this happening and and how it weighs on him uh and and we yeah. also get a uh what's it called a uh cameo because he's not in it very much of Saul Guerrero we finally get we uh but only like one scene ish Saul Guerrero yeah younger than we saw same. him in Rogue One he totally looks the same. No, they, they, I, he definitely, like, less gray. It was much less, less gray, gray, but maybe. I just love how... Yeah. And he's, he seems a little less schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. Like a touch bit. Um, you also get some some great uh, uh, scenes with our, our gal over at the uh, security bureau, yes. De Romero. God, I just hate how effective she is. It's just... I... Well, again, we t- we talked about this. The scariest thing about the Empire to me right now, like, it's not Darth Vader. It's the bureaucracy. I know. And I, honestly, I'm like, I want to hire this woman. She is such a performer. She's already, job done. I already call it. She's a girl boss. That's what the show is about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, um, truly, like, one yeah. of the most fascinating characters in the Star Wars universe to date. Like, Oh, God. Oh, what I do want to talk about, because I was not expecting this. Hold um, on. If you're, if you're going to bring up what happens in the next episode, I do no. want to talk about it, but... No, 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 no. Not that next episode. Is, um... Vel is, like, like a rich person. Well, I mean... <laughs> oh, like, you mean the um the cousin. It's, it's Mar Motha's uh, cousin, cousin, but... I, thought cousin. that was revealed in the next episode. Yeah, but but no, oh. but I know what you mean, though, Bridget, where I was like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, they're related. Then you see her show up, like, all swanky in the awesome outfit, and, and it, I'm not kidding you, it took me a beat to be like, oh, that's the same actress. Like, What happened? Oh, no, no. Showering recognize. in the sheep field. I'm just so yeah. confused. That was completely on purpose. That was, yeah, was 100% well on purpose, because I didn't realize until they started talking about the rebellion. Yes. And again, that yes. was in Nobody's Listening, which is episode nine. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> bad <laughs> that's right we could jump ahead a little bit because some can. of these storylines it's fine like like these storylines are so like we, we talked about it they're, they're little arcs and we're, we're trying to cover the whole arc so some blending's going to happen 
Yeah, and we did not get too much with uh, Mon Mothma's arc in this first one. In um, even in the announcement, I think we had a little bit of this uh, because you see her trying to like raise money because their funds were cut off ever since the you know the heist happened. Then they're also cracking down on like the IRS is cracking down on everyone. Uh, you know, which has got to make it difficult. Again, for, oh, the poor bureaucracy. Oh, I'm crying. Um, the bureaucracy but, is the scariest yeah. part. <laughs> exactly. No, but um, tell me no, I'm but, wrong. Emily, tell me I'm not. wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Well, I mean, that's also it's it's like really interesting because it makes the whole thing like this. It's like scarier because it's not like oh, there's something evil out there that wants to do me harm. It's like the cold indifference of the universe, kind of existential fear, and then, but it's also like exploitable as we like. That's what Andor exploits. Like he um, understands how the prison works. He observes carefully. And he realized that there is this level of, like, competence slash incompetence that they end up using to uh, to, to plan their uh, their breakout. Yeah, and the idea, well, we'll get into that when we get to um, One Way Out, which is incredible. Yeah. Uh, but there's a whole idea of, of a quote that comes from that, which is the idea of using the enemy's, uh, you know, uh, ag- their tools against them, mm-hmm. uh, which is essentially what that's what you can exploit with the empire with this bureaucracy you realize like because it's so crushing at the same time it's completely fragile because of that that like they have these systems in place that you know are unthinking so if you just can you can exploit all these little uh holes and gaps um and it's essentially what will happen with a rebellion right like the heart the 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 tighter you you grasp the more the galaxy slip through your fingers isn't that from uh leia like that's from (laughs) the uh, return of the jedi whatever like Truly, yeah. like the tighter they're gripping, the more little holes are appearing that people are able to exploit. Oh, okay. Which, by the way, I need to. You said the you tr- said the trigger word, Leia. Um, okay. <laughs> trigger in a good way. Right? Yes, trigger in a okay. good way. Okay, because I am on the bandwagon right now, and there's a whole slew of us on social media who are convinced that Stellan Skarsgård's assistant there in the shop, whose name is Clea. Clea is actually Princess Leia, just in disguise. That's nope. my theory. Nope, she would be Get out of here. at this point. At this point, she would no. She would be like twelve. That's what. Then I wasn't sure how old she was, and then I was like, eh. no. That 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 woman's definitely in her early twenties. I don't know. It just Leia's always been precocious. <laughs> she's always she's always played older for sure. Um. <laughs> So this this series out of all Disney Plus series and a lot of other streaming shows this is the first time I get to say like all three different storylines that I feel like are going on um the Andor storyline the Mon Mothma and Luther Rail storyline that's that's one storyline to me then there's the Andor storyline and then there's the Empire side which has uh our friend and Cyril Korn, which by the way, in nobody's listening, that relationship takes a weird turn and it makes me, it it makes me very uncomfortable. I find it makes perfect sense. (laughs) No, it does. (laughs) Like when they did it, I I didn't know exactly what they're doing with the character, but then when he literally like, because 
there's almost a part of me where I was kind of rooting for him. Like, am I crazy? Where I was like, I really hope he's not I, such a I loser. I kind of am a little bit. And then, well, not now. <laughs> no, not after his. Okay, so let's describe what happens. So, is hold, Essentially, she say, I'm sorry, I keep forgetting the name we, of my favorite character here. Well, he stands a girl boss. Yeah, but. Oh my uh, God, but, yeah, he's wait, definitely a huge but fan. That's, that's but like creepy uh, level. Yeah. Because uh, like he's, he's stalking does, her. Does yeah. the Empire have restraining orders or do they just throw people into the uh, forced labor camps? I know well, that it, like what? we've only been seeing her competent at the work that she does, which is like investigation and paperwork or whatever. But like, I don't know why I just have this, this sense of invulnerability from her that like, if she had a stalker, like she, you know, it's not, it's not a concern. She just... I'm worried for her. Wow. I mean, I hope she's worried because the truth is, like, what I oh, love about it is she's worried. Is she has the power of the empire, where she literally could, like, she's even saying to him, like, dude, I could have you crushed. Like, what are you doing? At the same time, there was a, you could see a little sense of like almost like fear about that, being like, what kind of weirdo doesn't understand that? Like, how so, do you not know that I could crush you? You're freaking crazy. Like. Which yeah, I, that's what I loved about that that scene is it really added a, a creepy weight to that whole relationship. And you're right. I think that his obsession with her uh, is almost his obsession with power. Right. And and in his yes. mind, like justice and power. Yeah. So it's not it goes beyond just like a Order. having a crush on a girl. It's it's it's. There's almost an S&M relationship with this guy. I swear to God, he is like the <laughs> he's the sub. He wants her to be the dom. Anyway. Um, levels that they never visit in Star Wars that I'm really yeah happy we're getting that, we're getting real deep yeah well one of the things we're going ab- into it here, ab- yeah. about episode um, seven and eight that I really liked was how uh, Mon Mothma and Luther Rail um, kind of like are butting heads but like Mon, Mon- Luther Rail's like you knew this was gonna get dirty yep. you knew it had to get dirty but you don't want it to get dirty so that's why I'm here. I'm here to do it for you. You get to go up there and be the pristine person and out there and whatnot, and you have plausible deniability. But me, it's going to be real, and it's going to get dark, and you're going to have to live with that. And I loved that dynamic between the two of them. Yeah, because in a way, you know, like, that's... In the back of her mind, like, I'm going to give... By the way, I love the work that that actress has been doing. Like, everybody else has been talking about Stellan Skarsgård, who is a, a showstopper, especially in the in the latest episode. Um, but, I mean, Genevieve O'Reilly, who's playing Mon Mothma, like, I just love the subtlety that she has to bring because she literally has to be doing a performance that she even talks about. Like, she mm-hmm. has to be putting on a performance for everyone. And the stakes are just as high for her. Like, if... If it gets found out, like her fall will take down her whole family, her daughter, and like you know, it's she knows the brutality of the empire, right? And so, like, it's also she worth will noting be... that fast forward when you meet Mon Mothma later, like there's no mention of her family. Oh, so good. Oh my god, I never unclear about if that. they're just if you know she's taking a step back from family or like if something happened. Unless you watched Rebels, right, Bridget? Oh, wait, what happens in Rebels? I I've watched all of Rebels. Can we do a sidebar? Or something? I don't know. That's a kind of a spoiler. Okay, don't don't say it. What earmuffs? episode? Earmuffs of you, Emily. But but Bridget, right? There's there's no surprise there if you've watched Rebels. I did watch Rebels, and I don't remember what you're talking about. Oh, you should rewatch it. Though. It was only Why like I two episodes, though. It was very brief. 
This is the problem with my binging it? is that I forget all these little details. I thought they I thought they dedicated an entire like arc to it. Maybe I'm thinking of Clone Wars too. She was in both. She she was definitely in Clone Wars, but just not not featured as much. Mm. Although I'll say though that the things I loved about Rebels is exactly what they're doing here, which is like showing the the struggles of these characters that were just one-offs in the in the movies, right? You actually get to dive deeper into <coughs> the characters and their backgrounds. I mean, Clone Wars is the same, right? Like the yeah. more character work you can do, the more it adds well, the, to the- The Clone know, Wars is still on the, the bigger scale side. And even- It was. It was, but it was a little smaller scale, but not like, if you're going by, the, the main universe had a huge scale, Clone Wars had a slightly smaller scale. Rebels had an even smaller even scale than smaller, that. Yeah. But now so, Andor's really like focusing small, in. Yeah. Like it's Yeah. It's putting uh, the, the, the pinpoint on it. Yeah, and honestly that um and the idea that we haven't had a single Jedi. Like, isn't mm-hmm. that incredible, it's, guys? Uh, are, are, it's actually just refreshing. Smile. <laughs> it's refreshing. So I thought that I saw one but I, it was just somebody wearing robes. <laughs> They're still monks, I suppose. Well, look, look, <laughs> Jawas still exist, and they like wearing robes. They're just small. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to say, even though episode 10 was great, uh, episode 9, Nobody's Listening, to me, was so, so brilliant. I loved it. The The way that they were in the, the prison camp and mm-hmm. trying to communicate with other shifts... Uh, on other with, levels. On other levels in this submerged factory was a really cool touch. But not only that, when but uh, towards the end of the episode when something's going wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what the heck is... Like, why is everyone freaking out all of a sudden? And you see An- Andy Serkis' character especially is like, stop it, you don't know what's going on here! Yeah, he's just trying to keep control of the situation. And I'll say that... Uh, because of how the series was structured, I really thought episode nine is when we were going to see like a big rebellion happen or like, you know, the, and since it didn't happen then, it almost was crazier for me where I was like, what the hell? It didn't, they're not going to do it. And then, but what we got was the turn of Syracuse where you could see he was, because Andor kept asking like, how many guards are there? And he's like, 12 at the end. I was like, damn! So You knew it was coming next episode. (laughs) So he was pointing out through the entire episode to Andy Serkis, like, all the things that, like, like, everyone's fearing the Empire for for this, that, and he's like, they don't care. They they don't need to care about us. All they have to do is turn this floor on twice a day. Mm -hmm. That's all they have to do. Yeah, understanding how they rule, which is through fear and through repetition, right? So Mm -hmm. it's like, the idea is they didn't even need that many guards because everybody, but also it's the carrot and the stick. Yeah. And that's what's so cool about it. In that episode, you learn because they're like, the whole, Syracuse whole thing, which, I, you know, I was totally on board for. I thought he had the right strategies. Like, you got to survive through this. You, your numbers go down. You make it out alive. That's what you do. And like, this yeah. will be behind you. And I could totally see that's how I would convince and psych myself out. Like, I can do the time, right? You see the numbers go down. You work for it. And then you're gone. And then the reveal that the doctor does after the, the old guy has a stroke, that reveal that like, Nah, man, your time's up. You just serve it again. They just up your numbers, and you're serving on another level. Well, like, what he meant, uh, to, what he originally said was, you're actually getting transferred to another oh, like, facility. Facility, but this yeah. guy got transferred to the same facility. Oh, okay, yeah, they messed yeah. up. The Empire, they messed up. Ah, oh, uh, when the randomized computer program glitches. <laughs> but this but it, confused me a little bit. Like, 
so it was the problem because he got transferred to the same facility. The prisoners found out and rebelled. But if he had been transferred to a different facility, wouldn't the prisoners there have rebelled? No, no, no. So um, what it was, they didn't rebel. We find this out in the, in the, the episode after that. Um, sorry, I don't have it off. Uh, one way out. One way out. Um, you find out after that, it wasn't that they, that the, I mean, the other workers did find out. But when the Empire, like the the prison guards and whatnot, found out, they just nuked the entire floor because they yeah, couldn't have they anybody. Didn't want word getting out. Yeah, they didn't want word getting out, but it already so, did. Yeah, which is so what's didn't really. Work. But the idea though is is they the reason why they killed all those people is they understood that like if these prisoners realize like because this idea that Circus was and and there's a way think about just in our daily lives how much we play the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, truly, anybody in power is always terrified. It's like the Matrix thing. You take the pill and wake up. Like, if you actually pay attention to how the game is rigged, like, of course, like, maybe rebellion seems like a, a reasonable option. Yeah. And that's like, so suppressing that information was more important. They would rather kill off an entire floor than let that information out because of how toxic it would be for the system. And no, there I is get some, that. But, like, yeah. if, if the guy had been transferred to the correct facility, wouldn't the problem just be at that facility? That's a good question well, but the idea but is if he's during the during the transfer they can always make up some junk be like oh yeah, yeah we're transferring oh, you, got... you out of here and then like hey you didn't do this blah blah, blah. that's it you're going to it they could just make something up yeah then it's but just when, your word but when you don't even else. leave the facility and you just go from one floor to the next you're there's no makeup there's no also you're like a faceless person who shows up to a new place but if you show up to a place that you've already been you know and you have a, a little more knowledge anyway you're right there is a little bit of a like, okay, that seems a little threadbare on the reasoning. But the idea of recognizing that you, when you leave, you know, your numbers are up. They're actually not up is the idea that will cause, you know, rebellion. And, right. And uh, I, I like the idea, too, that when Andor mentioned it, he was like, uh, like, they panicked. Like, leaders don't panic or power doesn't panic or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Because they, literally, they screwed up and they're like, oh, shiitake mushroom. We just have mm-hmm. to kill everyone. Like, yeah. they, there could have been better ways to handle that, pr- probably, but they, they didn't. But it's also, like, it also, the people who work for the Empire, they're, they're robotic themselves. Like, they just do, they follow orders. They don't know what else to do besides turn the switch on, you know, twice a day. You mm-hmm. know, they're so regimented. They're like, oh, no, like, something's deviating from the system. What do you do? Um, so, I don't know. But this last episode was pretty dynamic. I mean, like, it you was mean the one way out episode? Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, I tr- truly like you know. I I think shows that are effective capture the zeitgeist, right? It, like captures the energy you feel. The you know, some it says something to what's happening currently. And uh, watching this episode does feel like how a lot of us are feeling, which is the game is rigged. You know, you're waiting for people to fight back and like you know do something that actually is like good for people. Uh, stick it to power to those in power, right? Essentially, eat the rich is what I'm getting at. Um, so there was this like just a really great feeling about seeing, you know, the it's a classic, almost like uh, what is it, The Great Escape? If you've ever seen that movie, mm-hmm. um, great movie. Uh, I, oh, I wanted to Eastwood, mention right? another movie. Uh, yeah, Eastwood's in that one. I, no, no, that's uh, sorry. The um, no Bullet. What's his name? Uh, McQueen. Uh, McQueen, Steve McQueen, who jumps That's, over the on yep, the motorcycle. Yep, anyway, yep. Sorry. Great That's movie. Right. Yes. But um 
No, but the, uh, what this show also reminds me of, which I didn't even start at the top, I wanted to talk about this, was Army of Shadows, which is this about the French uh, resistance, which is all about double agents. It's truly one of the most like tense movies I've ever seen. It's like a 1960s movie. Uh, I highly recommend you watch that movie and then watch what they're doing with Andor and realize like, this is what I wanted. Like this idea I was saying about the spy movie, like this idea that you don't know who to trust, you know, you're in so deep. And this episode, One Way Out, really captured that. This idea where the double agents, when you start realizing, like, wait, whose side are you on? And like, you have to play the role so convincingly. But after a while, like you realize like there's nobody, like you don't even know if you can trust the people around you. And even the people that you're working with, you're like, wait, are, can I trust them? Am I being set up? Because there's a great moment where um, you you learn that the you, you watch as the empire so deftly handles this idea where they capture a ship and then they just quickly kill the, the guy that they captured or they turn him and then kill him and then uh because they want to capture krieger who is that the guy's name um who's going to be like attacking a base right and so uh, so they essentially take what was this like this this uh what would you call it like a terrorist job that these guys are doing and then they're <laughs> going to like take down the whole network right but then they and then uh uh uh, sorry, uh, Luthen r- realizes it, and he's like, "Okay, we'll just sacrifice him. No problem. Like that's the right thing to do because otherwise they'll know." Well, and it's so freaking heartless. This know? idea that you have to be ruthless to win, and both sides would be ruthless to win, and you realize, like, "Oh my god, like who's the real heroes here? <laughs> like maybe nobody well, is because well, it's so is, brutal." Uh, well, this is to, like the part about the rebellion that like has been touched upon before, but it's like both parties are ruthless in their endeavors. Mm-hmm. One for power <coughs> and one for freedom, essentially. Like freedom, and it's like right? The, but... the, 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 the all bets are off, like, do whatever it takes to win sort of thing. Yeah, so, so it's you like... literally throw your friend to the wolves because you don't want to get caught. And right. you're supposed to, like, accept that, that well, that's the, the trade-off. Yeah. When when Lutheran and, uh, and Saw were talking about this job, he was trying to get Saw to join this job. And Saw's like, no, not with that guy. And you get a you feeling that um, both him and Saw are kind of like the same level of like basically terrorists. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Luthen knows like if we lose this guy, yeah, it's gonna suck. But at the same time, you know he's he's not a good person. He is going to hurt people. So it's not mm-hmm. the end of the world or anything to lose this. So it might be worth sacrificing that pawn for the spy network which is that he has created so it's probably and th- that's a um wow i can't remember what movie i'm trying to think of where it's like hey it's okay to sacrifice these players but we got to keep the the spies in check we got it we got to keep kids. them in place i'll take your word for that one <laughs> i'll take your word for that one with antonio banderas yes um, put, some, put some boots <laughs> Was it what, that wasn't a Bond film, was it that you're quoting? Was it from no. a Bond film? I, I think I maybe know what it you're was. To, but maybe it was Skyfall that I'm thinking. Oh, Skyfall, of. yeah, yeah. Let them, yeah. My favorite, yeah. my favorite Bond film. Oh my God, Bridget, how did I forget that? Oh, I feel, I feel horrible. Thank no, you, that, Bridget. But that's no what problem, I love about no these. Problem. No, these scenarios though. There's like a, there's a truth to it, like. And essentially what I kept bringing up, this idea, like, I'm going to use my enemy's tools against them. Like, both Andor and Luthen talk about that same thing, where it's like, 
and in a way like and we've seen andor in rogue one where he was ruthless right like killing Mm -hmm. people that were just like weak and like couldn't get the job done so like you're starting to see the stakes here which is it's all or nothing like and and that kind of level of tension is it's you know there's a grayness to it but also this idea that you have to be black and white to win right you have to be completely ruthless and sacrifice your soul because your cause is just and there's you know a level. I mean, that's you know crazy. With the way right? that like the original series wraps up, though, I feel like they kind of go more for the like, because obviously that's before we added all these shades of gray. So mm-hmm. in some ways, the f- conclusion is foregone that you know you don't have to sacrifice your soul and you shouldn't. But um, that aside, it, it is a very interesting debate. And like, what I always wonder is like, can can the same tactics be used to destroy the enemy that they used to destroy you? It's like that that quote about the master's tools, right, cannot be mm-hmm. used to dismantle the master's house. And I, and I feel like, well, I don't know exactly where... I think they're going to leave it very ambiguous, because they can. Mm-hmm. Well, you know... Well, I love like, the- Luthen's final speech, though, essentially, like... I think in some ways he's saying like I'm gonna suffer all this hardship and awful. I'm gonna be an awful person, and uh, but like I'll never see this like the sunrise. I'll never get to see right. Like so, well, there's other people who will who will actually get goodness out of this and maybe be better people. But he's the one who's paying that ultimate price. Well, and also too, you got to think about it. Like uh, so he pays and- the price so others can be pure. Yes, and that's what I'm getting. <laughs> yeah. At, yeah, but so, precisely. Like, Andor and Rogue One too. Like I, I guess in the original Star Wars trilogy doesn't seem like as ruthless per se because I think the the that foundation has already been laid. Like they know like that you know what I'm saying? Like No, I he might like- be ruthless. Like do you remember in the beginning he shoots this guy that's like panicking? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. and he just like blows him away. But then at the same time that's to get the, the Death Star plans that is, you know, s- saves the entire rebellion. Like so how many lives were saved? So like well- you do the math, and you're like, oh, man, he had to do that. But but that's a morally kind of messed up thing to do is just shoot this guy that was, like, panicking. Um, to, you know, so we kind of established him as that character. So we get to see how he definitely ended up there, which is, you know. Yeah, but bringing in the whole, like, do the ends justify the means. Um, I, I like to bring in my, my, my boy Naruto uh, over from the anime. Um, <laughs> at some point, somebody's just got to take responsibility and just be like, all we're doing is sowing more hate for just a different in a different mm-hmm. way and then it's just going to grow to a different people who are then going to extract it on a different set of people and then that's going to get twisted and it, like it's a never-ending cycle and at some point at some point somebody's got to break the wheel and mm-hmm. say no this is where we stop now don't get me wrong they don't stop on the empire <laughs> you don't want to stop there but at some point like, and you know where the next trilogy, the the sequel trilogy that Emilia hasn't watched yet goes, is a prime example of did you need to go there? So what I, they should have done with the sequel like trilogy an reference? I I talked about uh, years ago, before the real trilogy happened, uh, the new, the ones that actually got greenlit. I was like, oh, it, the story's so obvious. You take down the empire, then you unleash um, chaos. Like, so as bad as the Empire was, you realize, oh, and now we have all these warlords fighting for power and there's no law and order. Like, that's 
terrifying and we you see it happen over and over again in the real world mm -hmm. where yes. like a country falls king george warned us in hamilton do you yes. see don't you know how hard it is to lead <laughs> yeah like they, they had a story there that was for the taking and they Thank they were you. like no let's go back to that original story because it was really popular anyway so i'm very excited for you to watch the the sequels emily to get your take on it but my take is that they missed opportunity real quick side box. side question for the uh the hamilton fans yes. here um did <laughs> any, fans. anybody hamilton else fans. did anybody else really enjoy king george in that musical oh it's the best part obviously it's yeah the best part well well no no the best part is by far without a shadow of a doubt thomas jefferson I don't know. King George kind of steals the show every time. I don't think he's the best part, but he's very. I think I, I, I'm glad that they used him in moderation. Yes. I think Jefferson was the best part, and then the second best part was King George. I only saw the TV version, and I did not like it. So okay, um, in person is a much different experience. I'll tell you that for sure. That's yeah. why I was started. I didn't even finish it. I watched like 20 minutes. I'm like, what am I doing? This is but awful. I, will like, tell I should you, just see it and I should see the performance. Literally three uh, hours long. So long. Yeah. It's insane. No, I know. But like, uh, but when yeah. you're like, uh, but when you see it live, I'm sure it's electrifying. It's, it's a different experience. It's but a different experience. I'm just so glad that for me, this is why I love Andor because you can talk about, you know, uh, Hamilton and it makes sense thematically because they're dealing with a lot of these things that I think are way you more can reference interesting. Naruto's speech about pain. <laughs> so I mean, it's a dense. There's a, there's yeah. a dense show. I will put that layers. on my Twitter feed any day of the week. I love <laughs> that particular speech. Yeah, you know it's like you know, and it's hard, and we could like have this discussion all day long because it's basically you know like the idea of going to war. Like you know, you have these people that are working for the empire that maybe don't know everything that the empire is doing. You know, they're just trying to do their nine to five. You know, feed their families at the end of the day. So, no, and the propaganda is they're they're the heroes, like right. and they believe it, and and they right. maybe so should some, in their mind. Right? There's a real Third Reichness to that. Yes, <laughs> there is, sure. there is. But like in their heads, they see like these little punks stealing their payroll that they need to go home and feed their families. They're like, how is that fair? And murdering you know? their colleagues, right? Yeah, like, like it's it, it, it's it's hard because you could genuinely. I like how they're showing both sides of this. You know, mm -hmm. it's not just like the empire's dirty, the rebellion's the best. You know, like. It's, 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 I don't know. It's just interesting. But I think what made Andor so, is making, there's still two episodes left, by the way. There's 12 episodes. What is making it so intriguing and what made Rogue One just such a great watch is, like, we all know the outcome of what happens eventually. Oh, yeah, you know where it ends up. We don't know how it gets there, but the stakes feel so high still, even though yes. we know the ending. But, like, we don't know the plot. We don't know. Can I say, though, like, Syracuse, oh, I was like, so for that One Way Out, which was such a strong episode because it was so tense the whole time. You're like, I mean, I know Andor makes it out. I don't know how if anybody else does. And so, like, the whole time I was, like, on the seat of, you know, edge of my seat being like, well, what is going to happen? But I was like, I know they're going to kill Circus. I know they're just going to kill him off. And I freaking love this character. And they're going to kill him off. What an and ending. so I was kept waiting for the stray shot. Like, he would say the thing that inspired Like a dramatic people. death. Right? Yes. And instead, they gave us something even better, which is heartbreaking. Where, like, they're all leaping to freedom, which, by the way, seemed terrifying. I'm like, cross your legs. And, you know, God, <laughs> don't just fall off. Don't just jump. Like, Remember when you hit the water, lean back yeah. so that you. Lean back. Yes. I mean, anyway. So the whole time I'm freaking out about that. And then he's like, I can't swim. I can't swim. And I was like, so freaking heartbreaking because you never even. But he says it with such resignation. He's just like, 
I made the sacrifice. Yeah. And it's worth it. He's like Luthen, right? He's mm-hmm. like, this is the freedom I will never get yes. to see. It's God. essentially but, the same, uh, like thematically, that episode is so tight because you essentially have both of those so good. plot points tie up at the same time, right? And then and the, they put the period on it with Luthen's speech. But exactly, this is what Circus goes through. that one inconvenient truth. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. The last two episodes, yeah. too, so of good. this, I know we were talking about Hunger Games, but like it did remind me the last two episodes of like Shawshank Redemption because mm-hmm. I, I love that movie. And when they killed the old man, in episode nine, oh, red. And I, oh, no, wait, was, he wasn't red. What was the name? Um, and he's he scribbles it Brooks. before he hangs himself. Bro- Brooks. Brooks was here. Heartbreak. So Brooks was so here. was red. Or but I so knew red, when episode yeah. nine ended that way. I was like, episode ten is going to be something else. <laughs> I was like, rough. you don't kill the old guy, okay? You want to like make people mad? You never go for the old man, yeah. okay? But he was the perfect catalyst for mm-hmm. Kino. He was. <laughs> he was. But yeah, the, the not being able to swim at the end of the episode. Because I was waiting for when they went to that pod with the guards at, who mm-hmm. were like, they're telling them to turn off the system. I'm like, here it's going to come. One of them's going to have a gun. That's yes. the end. I thought and then they made it the out back. of that scene. And I'm like, you know what I, I don't get? Now when is he going to die? <laughs> Why did they not kill those guys? It's a great yeah, question. I mean, I mean, they Honestly, were just—they were shooting left and right on everybody else. Tie them up or something. I mean, maybe because they were unarmed and they were like, eh, I guess, like, like we'll they don't have them. to kill anyone. They don't have to kill. No, but- I, I, I get why they didn't kill them immediately because they needed like the information yeah. in the center. But the minute they were done with everything, just turn around and, uh, you know, Solo wouldn't have questioned. He just would have turned and <laughs> shot them both yeah. and walked away whistling. He would have shot first. That's is this right. to, is we supposed to call this character development for Andor? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. So. Who knows? I, Who knows? I, I I'm really enjoying this far yeah. beyond anything I I thought I would. Uh, especially because in Rogue One, I it's not that I hated the character; I just didn't care about the character. No, he was the least interesting character in the entire movie. Very and close so. to it. I'm not, and it's not like, the like, actor's fault. No, like the actors. No, no. I like Diego Luna. I think he's a, a really strong actor. It's just the they seem to not the really want to give him anything. Him. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. like, for, but he was part of a cast of interesting characters. Yes, who were yes. quirky and fun. The, it's the it's the Batman effect that uh, yes that uh, Norm <laughs> has coined, which I love. Uh, um, it's true. Usually, the lead character is the most uninteresting because everybody has to you know. But he wasn't the even the lead character in Rogue One. I wouldn't even put him in lead You're character. Right. Jyn Erso right. was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, she was more interesting. And she actually uh, 100%. was great. Like, I actually loved it. I loved because she she had a choice to make. It, like yeah, right. The whole movie revolved around right. her decisions. Which, which is great. which is why having this background on a character I I didn't think I cared about now makes me go back and I'm like when I watch, rewatch Rogue One now. Oh, it's gonna completely hit different. I'm gonna be like, I mean, all right, Andor, right? Yeah, this guy. Do you know what I want to see is the numbers for streaming for as soon as this series ends, which I'm planning to do. I'm gonna rewatch Rogue One, and I have a feeling like so many people are. The series is gonna be ending. They're like, yeah, shoot, bet. when's season? Oh, it's two gonna coming? jump up. It's gonna be like the yeah. number one stream movie yeah, or whatever. It. Like it's gonna I'm hop. It's up. gonna be a bunch of video essays on YouTube explaining, uh, you know, everything that we missed. <laughs> Well, you know is what? that a I, challenge? You know what Star Wars did just do? <laughs> well, they might have done it for more characters, but I only saw it for Mon Mothma. They did like a little like one minute reel snippet of like, what do we know about Mon Mothma up until mm-hmm. this point? And they, they used clips from Clone Wars and Rebels um, and her role in the original trilogy. They were like, this is the backstory that That's you've cool. already seen in other films. But it was really cool. It was like a 60 second snippet, like a short. Um, 
but I don't know if they'll do other character profiles like that. I think it would be pretty interesting, especially with when when now that we're seeing all these characters that we've seen before, but haven't spent a lot of time with, and people mm-hmm. are like, oh, I know that person, but I don't remember, yeah. remember from where, you know. And well, I think I'm this so... did get renewed for season two. I'm it, yes, it has sure. at least one more season. Another I'm, season. I'm, I'm... So, okay, we're at a good point now, since we kind of talked about what happens on episode 10. Um, what are our predictions? Because... What I'm really worried about is that Luthen, granted, there's like no way he's surviving the rebellion. Like, there's just no way. Hands down, he is going to get toast. He's going to be toast at some point. But the question is, does he survive past season one into season two? That's where I'm at. So is, is that our predictions? Do you think he's going to survive past season one? Uh, you know, no. one of our earlier predictions was that uh, either Cyril Karn or uh, Deidre Mero were going to turn. And we found out that's obviously not going to be the case because the turncoat was someone Definitely else not. within the uh, within the who's security revealed. bureau. Yes, Lonnie and, is the name of the right. Uh, and he's but, by the way, who, who's a very effective assistant. Yes, which is funny because somebody even I remember reading it. People were like, "That guy's way too effective. He's going to get killed <laughs> by Cyril." There was like all these like uh, like the so, idea that he's going to like murder the dude because he's like too close to her. Anyway. So uh, the season's going to have to end. I, I think it's going to have to end with some kind of tragedy, and I think. It's going to end with um, Luther Rail not making it out. I think yeah, he's I think gonna, he's going to eat a cyanide ca- capsule or whatever. He's going to commit suicide as to not get caught. Is my I, no, no. I, I think he's going to get caught. I think he's going to get caught bad, uh, and I think he's going to be taking Mon Mothma down with him. The only problem, the only thing is, is we know Mon Mothma is going to escape. Yeah, and I think from that point on, it's going to be about. And or being in the rebellion, uh, maybe Vers, uh, that that what what's her name again? Vix. Uh, Vix. Vel. 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 Thank you, Vel. Who's Vel? Uh, the. Let me see. Hold on. Check leader the, from the rebellion the, member the... who is also the cousin of Mon Mothma. Oh, the cousin. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Vel. Thank you. Sorry. I think I think she is going to find Andor. And the two of them are going to go off with Mon Mothma to, to create the actual network. Rebellion. Right. Um, probably meet up with Saw Gerrera somehow. I, I don't think we're going to get... Uh, to have him just show up a little bit is going to be weird. And obviously, K2SO has to make an appearance. Because so he's in the he's in the Not in the as character. evil K2SO, though. No, no as, as the, one that, the one that we yeah. love from... No, I think at some point, he, Andor is going to reprogram a you know security bot, whatever... But before I, the season's over. My big long shot here. Someone from the upcoming Ahsoka series is going to play at the end of this. Uh, whether it's the person who's going to be playing Ezra Bridger or maybe um, maybe Sabine. Oh, okay. So I have, I have some... Um, Someone from Rebels is going to show up. Well, so here's the thing that's been making the rounds on Reddit. And I'm curious to know your thoughts on it because I don't think it's going to happen but it'd be it'd, if it happened it'd be really cool do you remember when Ezra gave his like announcement to the rebellion like he for the tower he did like that announcement and it like inspired all these people whatever so people were saying like are we going to get his announcement in this series and I, I thought it was kind of I was like I don't think so I just don't think it's the kind of series that would do that but it would be interesting to see if the Ezra no. Bridger because it, it really it would be it's, too early. It's too early. It's too early, early which okay. which is why, um, yeah, because uh, the the speech that he gives at the end of Rebels is supposed to happen like days before Yavin Four. 
So okay. that, that's that's way out, especially since so, Rogue One. So it's One's right before Rogue One. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the beginning of Rebels should be happening right love, around though? now. Do you know what I would love a little cameo of? If they could give us some Kanan. Oh, I feel like Kanan that's one there. of the most unappreciated <laughs> Get Freddie Jedi. Prince Jr. Best. out here. I would say I would expect more if if there I would not say Sabine. I don't think it would Hera? be Sabine. I think it would be Hera. Hera? Okay. I'm, I'm saying uh, what I'm I, saying is I'm waiting for one one of those. Okay. One of the because rebels. Out of that cast of characters who I'm trying to think of who was old like not older by age but who was in it first and i think hera well, hera they've hera was a child remember they had her in clone wars yeah. as a child yeah which and is then why bad batch pilot bad batch sorry and, and right. they right. well you know they did show us kane in the beginning of bad batch and then we did get a visit with hera in the bad batch mm-hmm. so right. i think the pot the, one the of odds the two. of one of the two of them showing up are the most likely be, my money I'd be is so on hera yeah i think hera now that you said it i think that's their my money's on Sabine only because they she's gonna be in Ahsoka. So my money, if mm, okay. again, this is a way out there possibility. Sorry, Emily, if you're tuning out, I totally respect because we're talk, we're going nerd lore. I think um, we might maybe Saul Guerrero will be an anti-hero in the next season, <laughs> a semi-villain. I would love if they gave him more screen time, but a semi-villain, semi-hero. I mean, for me, it's always Ghost Dog. That's who he is. Yeah, yeah. That's an old school. Have, has anybody here seen Ghost Dog? Norm, did you ever see that? God no. Damn it. Sorry. Jim Jarmusch doing some weird ass samurai gangster movie. Anyway, um, but yeah, Saw Guerrero. I'm actually a little disappointed. We've gotten so little screen time with him. I hope he at least is seen again in the next couple episodes. Uh, what else? Anything else we wish would happen, or, or theories, or whatnot for the the next couple? I definitely want a K2SO. I want that. But I'm wondering if they're going to save that for season two. I feel like that could be a season two plot line. This is going to sound like sacrilege. No Darth Vader. No Jedi. No. I don't want Keep them. Keep it out. Oh, no. Keep them definitely out. not. You know my opinions on and that. I know, yeah, I know how many. Kept, yeah, they kept that out of Rogue One. I mean, except for the ending. But that was not. That, that was no, no. Plot. But that made sense. Yes. Yeah, yeah no. What about, I think separate. Um, like Leia, does she she count as a Jedi? Yes. Not yet, because she'd be no. so young. Yes, I don't I want any of the Skywalkers. Be... No, but I she might show up though. I, I expect appearance from Organa, Senator Organa. Well, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, actually, that would be even cooler if they have uh, Jimmy Smith. Uh, the Organa. Yeah. yeah, but the Organa. What's the name of Bail. his character? Bail Organa, who you know is fundamental for the uh, rebellion. So I'd be fine if he kind of got a cameo, or at least, or we saw him. That would be my guess. That would be my guess that okay. we'd see him. I'm and I'm a little shocked we haven't seen him yet. Well, because it's so because it's about Maul, it's man. A, it's about Mon Mothma. Um, yeah. I don't. Th- I don't know. I, I. Yeah, I'm. Just, I'm gonna hold on to this. <laughs> Never mind. Well, we'll see. We're gonna definitely uh, check back in after the next two episodes. We'll do a wrap up of the series. We kind of covered a heck of a lot of our opinions, so maybe we'll try to keep that a little more abbreviated. But yeah, yeah, we'll talk about the next two episodes. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I've been enjoying this so much. Can I ask though? So since I was the big champion of this at first, have y'all come around a little bit? I was on it from the beginning. Norm, come on. Okay, I'm, fine. I, go back and listen to the, the <laughs> earlier casts, dude. I was like, I'm just yes. You're the, you had my back. You definitely had my back. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, you even said you're like, this is a show that Lucas will love. Yeah, I didn't say I didn't love it. I just said I when I was watching, I'm like, Lucas is yeah, loving love this. Yeah. <laughs> and if you have HBO Max, I think you can watch Army of Shadows. You should totally watch that that movie. It's it's crazy how good that movie is. Like a French, uh, a, a, you know, occupied France with Nazis. It's like it's spycraft. It's so tense. Anyway, go watch that movie. I mean, Emily, Emily, what did what do you think of this show? My thoughts are basically, yeah, it's good. Okay. Twist <laughs> my arm, Kermit. <laughs> I think Emily is mad that she enjoys it. something that's in Star yeah, Wars. It's, it's good. I want to see the next two episodes. I'm looking She's forward so to them. She's so mad about it. She's so, so angry because it's attached to Star Wars. If this was attached to Fast and the Furious, she would be singing its praises. She wouldn't have stopped talking. Was, I could it would have like the Got oh, Beef episode, man. but her blushing happy the entire time. Like you're like, gosh darn it, I can't wait to watch this next episode and you're like furiously <laughs> clicking the remote, angrily eating popcorn is Harry while Potter watching it. Doing you're like, gosh darn it. <laughs> Freaking love this. Such great this, character development. This could we could have had this. We could have had this since the seventies. <laughs> we, it's true and i you know and that's it's it's funny you mentioned that because um i've been very happy with the past few star wars products like minus minus the sequels but um anything that's come out in recent years of star wars i've been a big fan of i mean rogue one was amazing andor's great obi-wan was phenomenal clone wars rebels you name it except for um boba fett Oh, Book of Boba Fett, though it's not... We don't talk about Boba. He who will not be named. Yes. But the Mandalorian, though... We don't talk about Boba, no, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. Do it. Yeah. I, I, I'm not kidding, though. I'm excited for Emilia to watch the sequels because I really want her to like them just I'm- so that it would, like, blow up all of our preconceptions. I, I've already predicted it. I really do think yeah. Emilia will enjoy them. Can I make a bold prediction, not about Andor, but about Star Wars five years from now? Five years wow. from five, five years from now, we'll start getting digital uh, streaming content that is going to color in the sequels mm-hmm. trilogy and start uh... making them make sense to people, much like Clone Wars and Rebels did for. And, and what Bad Batch is, is currently doing. I'm going to tell you, though, it's going to take a lot of legwork. It's going to take a lot of legwork. I said the same thing Wars about the does? prequels. They, they mess up, and then they make more content to fix their mistakes. Is that what they do? They just don't, they don't just get it right the first time? That's, it's actually a that's genius what, strategy. That's what the comic books and <laughs> comic books do for years. So, yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> it's a genius strategy. You're like, oh, I mean, oh, this well, is what I meant to do. Here's the, the bigger picture. Now let's let's like color in, let's okay. let's put we'll in the details and this is how you're gonna learn and then all of a sudden you're gonna start watching the the sequels and, and all of a sudden you're gonna go these are a lot better than I remember them why did I hate them Dang. I'm just bitter Although about some I didn't, things about so. the prequels getting very papered over because like fair enough <laughs> we can we just admit like the dialogue was bad. By the way, yeah. really <laughs> quickly, has anybody been been seeing some of the? Uh, they've been rolling out some of the deleted scenes that were yes. and some of the table read stuff that they were doing, and that got cut from the action. And all of a sudden, you're like, "Why was that writing cut from 
the main story. Because and, they're like, oh, this is too good. This is going to make the whole rest of the movie look bad. The whole Ewan McGregor talking to Padme about knowing about their relationship and whatnot. Yes. I was like, that's like the best dialogue there's been in the entire prequels. Why would you get rid of that? Norm, because they had to talk about sand. They just have to talk about how annoying sand is. Sand is very... And if they didn't use the abridged... That's everywhere, Norm. (laughs) Uh, Trust me, I know. I I feel Anakin on this one, actually. Um, There's actually more to that speech, too, that they cut that was in the table read. And they're like, nah, Does he talk about dirt also? No. (laughs) (laughs) And mud? I mean, mud's pretty awful. Oh, my Lanta. (laughs) So... So that was our Andor coverage. Um, we're eagerly looking forward to, as Lucas said, we'll be covering the last two episodes uh, soon, in a couple of weeks. So in the meantime, be sure to subscribe to The Verse wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And you can also reach out to us on Twitter and on Instagram at The Versecast. If you want to follow me, Emilia, you can find me on Twitter at EmiliaU. And if you want to follow... If you want to follow Norm, you can find him at <laughs> random underscore white guy on this Twitter. And if you want to follow Bridget, you can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at BridgetBrogan16. And if you want to follow Emilia, you can follow her at <laughs> EmiliaU at Instagram. No, you're just on Twitter. I am on Instagram, but I don't really hang out there much. Fun fact, though, my tag name is EmiliaFU. Ooh. Ooh. Can you turn that into your Twitter now that Elon Musk has bought it? I I don't know. I wish. <laughs> Throw up the you blue. Can actually, get, I'm going to verify myself as Emily Fu, and then uh, <laughs> just, yeah, I'll be just you got to pay that fee now though for that blue check mark though. Eight oh, that bucks. is eight dollars like, well spent. Yeah, I think it's seven ninety nine. <laughs> Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> and Elon, uh, and Elon is saying it's tax deductible for some reason. I don't know how. Oh my God. <laughs> if you want to follow Lucas, you can find him on Twitter at Luconian Logic and Instagram. Sure. And I'm also rarely on Instagram. So, you know, but yes. I love that. <laughs> Who's left? Maybe Film Snort? And finally, there's our producer, Stephen Prusikowski. Um,. I think the last time I saw him, he was uh, running down the hall screaming, one way out, one way out. Um, mm. He can be found on Twitter and at Letterboxd as at Filmsnork. Oh, hold up. Here comes another solar flare. Guys, we better wrap it up. Put on our radiation suits, sunglasses, because it's about to get bright in here. It's getting bright in here. So put on all your safety clothes. Put on all your shades. <laughs> Come on. You could have you could have gotten that. Okay, well. Stop right. dropping roll? What? Anyways, what are we doing? Sound our music band. We're off to our next cinematic universal destination. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time in The Verse. The Verse is presented by ScreenRadar.com and produced by Steven Kruzakowski. <laughs>